Welcome back to ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child. And we do encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee, and in this week's podcast, Dr. Sheely talks to us about the very difficult conversation of parents, diagnosis, and explaining autism to our extended families. Let's listen in. I can say for sure for families I've talked to over the years, the problem from well-meaning family members not understanding what it means to have your child receive this diagnosis and what living with that diagnosis means, it is universal. I have, I have had many parents tell me stories of their family just not getting it, not in a not in an angry way, but just in a what can I do way. What have you seen? I actually see both, Catherine. I've I've seen uh, parents, and uh, I, I've seen parents react in ways that are so hurtful, where they'll say, "If you would just, you've spoiled him. The reason he doesn't." And so, I've seen I've seen parents, newly diagnosed parents, be crushed. Because they are also wondering, did I really do something? Is it really my fault? And now they're dealing with the people who are dearest to them who are trying to talk them out of it or trying to talk it down and say, well, this is what you need to do. Because when you were little, this is what I did. So I've seen that. I've also seen parents who are, um, I mean, maybe the polar opposite, where then they begin to think, oh, this, you know, Johnny's got, Johnny's dealing with autism. So maybe what we should do is do everything for him. So you see the deniers and you see the overcompensators. And both of these are really very difficult for parents because parents are trying to get into a guiding relationship with the child. And not because they want to, but sometimes the grandparents undermine that. As you talk, I talk about myself that uh, when we received the diagnosis, we had a lot of people telling us uh, it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. And, and it just it's hard to explain how you receive a diagnosis and you're not just having blind faith in a doctor. I mean, you, you know you've got to investigate, but there's for me, there's just not a lot of things that you get in a diagnosis that people start saying, no. No, that's not true. It, it's extremely confusing for parents. At least I know it was for us. And I think sometimes for all the right reasons, people do and say the wrong things. And I was thinking about my own mother who had uh, access to a child on the spectrum. And she would do, she would do all these things with this child. And then she would say to the parent, there's nothing wrong with him. He's fine. And he wasn't fine, and he did have autism, and I could clearly see the autism. But she thought that if she said that, it would make them happy and make them feel better. Meanwhile, 24-7, they were, they were dealing not only with the diagnosis, but the ramifications of that diagnosis. And I, I feel, like if we can, feel like if we can help grandparents assume the grandparenting role 
Let's think, how are you a grandparent to all these other grandchildren you have? Be that grandparent. It's interesting because we talk a lot about denial, denial in parents, which of mm -hmm. course absolutely happens, understandably. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we talk that much about denial in family members, mm -hmm. uh, denying that your life has changed. I I've talked to families who said, my, my family is still expecting the same things of me and I can't give it. What do I do? What do you say? I believe that, uh, you know, we, and in RDI, Catherine, we spend a lot of time educating parents about the diagnosis. And I feel that that educational tool we have for parents is a really important tool for the grandparents and the aunts and uncles and other people who have not been exposed to it or think autism is something that it isn't. So actually having parents, I mean, grandparents watch those videos can be very helpful. First of all, I think the way that Steve describes them, it's not, you're not afraid when you listen to it. So you don't have to say, no, 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 not my grandchild, not my child. He describes it and he also describes the hope that we have for the children we're working with. And I, I believe that if we can have, if we can balance for parents, the seriousness of the diagnosis and the grandparents, the seriousness of the diagnosis and balance that with hope. And it's not just pie in the sky hope. We have hope and we have the evidence of that hope. I believe that everybody's going to get on board and that at that point, the grandparents can become a wonderful support for the parents, but they have to understand what it really means. So we don't, we don't deny the seriousness, but we also are hopeful. Sometimes parents will tell me that they discovered that certain family members don't care and I hate bringing that up, mm -hmm. that's a pretty painful discovery. In other words, they know I've educated them and they don't care. What do we say to those, those parents? That's a challenging discovery to find out about a family member. What, what, what do you, I don't care? You mean, I don't care that you have this thing you're dealing with or yeah. I don't, I mean, what is that? I, does it make any difference to me? I still have the same expectations of you. Uh, mm -hmm. I still, I don't, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal to mm -hmm. me. Yeah. I mean, I always say, but you know, you know, you know, it is, and we know the work we're going to do. Mm -hmm. and We just have to not mm -hmm. listen to those voices. You can only yeah. do what you can do, but it, it's still very challenging. Yeah. And it's hurtful. It's very hurtful. Um, I, I actually think sometimes Catherine, um, yeah, parents who receive the diagnosis and are dealing with parents who might come across that way are in a situation that they have to remove themselves from. I don't believe, I hate to say this, but I don't believe that there's always a resolution that works right now in the present. And sometimes you simply have to remove yourself and say, I've got this thing that I'm dealing with and I'm going to deal with it. I'm the parent. And... I'll see you when I can see you. But all of those expectations are part of 
almost a separation, which is so sad because this is the time when parents need the grandparents. They need someone to say, I'm still your guide. I'm going to help you through this. I'm here for you. But as you said, it doesn't always happen. And when it doesn't happen, um, you have to take care of your own family. What I love about our visits is that uh, families can feel so alone. We know that in a diagnosis. But they can also feel, as parents, alone in this topic as well with their extended family, with their, whether it's their brothers and sisters or aunts, <laughs> parents. And I, I like to think, you know, you're not alone. If you've had trouble with your family understanding, mm -hmm. this is not uncommon. Yeah. A relief comes over mm -hmm. families when they realize that, Dr. Sheely. I think it is. A I think that is a relief. It's not just, it's not just my family. I think there's another thing too. And I try to help parents sort this out. By the way, I think it's rare that this happens with, with, the, with grandparents. I think it's very rare. But when it does happen, I really spend time with the parents saying, I know you have a support group. Let's figure out who it is. And we begin to think about who in their community might be there to support them, giving them an hour to go out to lunch or get their nails done, or just come over and spend time while the kids are in school. There are ways that you can begin to build a support group that is that support for you when the one you expected would always be there for you is not available. Well, we'll move away from that end. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> yeah, let's do, let's, let's do that. <laughs> the lovely overcompensating. The, the lovely, the lovely well-meaning, overcompensating that needs some, some redirection, maybe a little bit of help understanding that that's also problematic mm -hmm. at times. What would you yeah. tell parents who in, in many ways are fortunate to have those loving parents? Well, what did they say? <laughs> okay. So I'm watching a video and I'm watching an eight year old boy. And his grandmother is feeding him with a spoon. Okay, so in case somebody doesn't know what overcompensation is, I just wanted to give an example of overcompensation. No. I think for, for, the, for the grandparents who might overcompensate, they are really the people who, for all the right reasons, are doing some things that are undermining the parents' strive to help their child become independent. And those, those grandparents are the great ones to work with. Because once you get them on board, once they understand the objectives that are being worked on, they are going to be almost like an extender. They're going to know what to do when they're with the child. They're not going to feel like, oh, what do I do now? Let me put more food in your mouth with this spoon. The child's probably cutting with a knife already. <laughs> you know. So I feel that those are the parents that we definitely want to get on board. And we want to acknowledge we want to acknowledge their heart for the child. We want to acknowledge how important they are, not only to the child, but to the parents. And when you get those, when you get those grandparents on board and they know what the parents know, then um, you, you really see children make 
a good have a good response to the treatment. What do you say to parents or have you experienced where they're a little hesitant to give their own parents direction? Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we both have children, uh, you know, in this case, as a, as a child of a parent, you, you may need to give direction. You may need to be their guide. Yeah. Uh, that can be challenging, I think. Mm -hmm. I think there's an educational piece. And the educational piece comes right out of our learning system, where we talk about the guiding relationship, the importance of it, what it looks like, how you get that in place. And so once parents begin to understand that themselves, then my suggestion is get the grandparents on and I will, let me talk to them. Let me spend a little time with the grandparents. Um, and typically that will help. Uh, you know, I, in some ways I feel that grandparents are like uh, a couple raising a child on the, on the spectrum. And sometimes you'll see one has more knowledge than the other. And the one with more knowledge will be saying, no, no, sweetie, not like that. Sweetie, look over at him and say, it's like, oh, don't do that. You know, we all want our own relationships. And so allowing the grandparents to develop a relationship without getting every single thing right or being therapeutic is important. And I'm not sure that in the moment, if a grandparent is doing something, they should be corrected. But at another time, you might say something like, we're so excited, baby Johnny, whatever you call them, baby Sal, <laughs> is ready for the next step. And so rather than saying, I don't want you to do this, he's ready to move on, he's ready for the next step. And to kind of couch it in those, um, those softened startups, this is what I would like for you to think about doing with him. And, you know, we talk about declarative language. So they could even say, there's a kind of language we want to begin using with him. And is it okay if I, would you be willing to help me? And can I practice that with you? So at a time when the child is not around, I think that's when you can have the conversation. Also working with a consultant, the consultant can have the conversation with the grandparents as well. And every now and then, you may want to bring the uh, grandparents into a session. <clears throat> well, as we close, I can say that we both love grandparents because mm -hmm. we are grandparents. Yeah, we are grandparents. <laughs> and I would personally never overcompensate. Would you? No, never. <laughs> <laughs> Thank okay. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for ASD, A New Perspective, a podcast show where we help you understand the mind of your child. And we always encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee. See you next time.